They are the church of today. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And we are raising up world changers. We're raising up politicians. We're raising up leaders. We're raising up servants. We're raising up husbands and wives. We're raising up politicians. We're raising up CEOs. We're raising up lawyers. We're raising up preachers and teachers. We're raising up kingdom-minded children who are going to affect this world. These are valuable children. Amen? Can you stretch forth your hands? And we're just going to pray a blessing. Lord, I just bless every one of these children here this morning. Lord, I thank you for them. Lord, they are amazing children. Lord, and they are a gift to their families and to this body. And Lord, we honor them. And Lord, we will not put anything in front of them that would cause them to stumble. But Lord, we would encourage them every step that they take and every motion that they have, Lord, we would stand with them, cheering them on, encouraging them, praying for them, and blessing them. Lord, I pray for them. I also pray for their teachers. Lord, I thank you for servants who come into the house of God and say, what can I do to serve? And that they are pouring into the lives of these children. Bless them now in your name. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand. Kids, you're getting us. Give them a standing ovation. Come on, stand up and give these kids a standing ovation. All right, guys, you can go. You can go now. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Marjorie and Luis, good to see you back. They had a, almost a two-month time in Costa Rica visiting family. Did you scout out the land? Awesome. Awesome. Um, one thing Pastor Daniel forgot, last week Wynn shared on a door hanger for, we're going to be passing out door hangers for the Abbotsford Food Bank. And that, he, he gave a few minutes, I listened to it online, he did an amazing job of showing the vision and planting a desire and a, and a picture of affecting our neighborhoods. And uh, what it is, is in the middle of March, after the Soup Sunday, we're going to give the church, every one of you, um, these hangers. And what we're asking you to do is if you could take 15, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever you think you can handle in your neighborhood and pass them out in your neighborhood. And they on the backs, they've got the dates that you're going to drop them off. We've also got the date that you pick it up and then the date that it's delivered to the food bank. So this is something we're trying to do to keep us aware of our community. And also, you know, when you walk into your community, you influence your community. I had people that I used to work with that would come to us, and, and I, I remember one particular time this gentleman came, and all of a sudden, we're at work, we're in our office in front of our drafting tables and computers, and we're talking to this gentleman who worked with another company with us, and all of a sudden, he just starts sharing about the need in his family. And we're going, where did that come from? People know more about you than you realize. On, on Friday when Ona was in, 
in Surrey at the cancer agency doing her, her septin. And at the end of it, the lady says, well, uh, you two of all people should know what it is to feel good and to be blessed. And she says, and I'm not a religious person. You have an influence that goes beyond what you realize. And this morning, I want to take a few minutes. I want to talk about the presence of God. And Charlene took a verse this morning. She actually, I don't think she realized it, but it's one of the verses I have in my notes. And I'd like you to turn to Psalm chapter 16. What do you do when you come across something that's bigger than you? What do you do when you come up and you just hit right into a wall? What do you do when you're, when you're living life and everything's good and everything's fine and then all of a sudden you just come right face, right face to face with something that you've never had to face before? The challenges of life are real. What do you do when you run dry? What do you do when, when you wonder, what's the use? What do you do when you feel like you've given it everything you can give and it's just not enough? There's just no pleasing. If I could use the vernacular of the day, there's just no pleasing the man. Huh? I give, I give, I give. I show up early. I stay late. I do this. I do that. There's just no pleasing the man. What do you do when that happens? It's never happened to me because I worked for my dad. So, and I will not disrespect him. But there were contractors that would drive me crazy. What, is, what do you think about when that happens? Where does your mind go when you run into an obstacle that you've never ran into before? Where does your mind go? Because where your mind goes you're sure to follow. If you start thinking the negative aspects of it, you know what? You'll start to display that and live that and actually your life will display the negative aspects or the negative options that you're looking at. Scientific research has shown that many people and many illnesses are actually not necessarily driven by a condition so much as it's the mind that draws it and drives it. Where your mind goes, you end up following. So this morning I want to talk about God's presence and I want to mess with your mind. I want to mess with your mind. Because when you understand the power of God's presence, it should change you completely. One of the things I want you to realize is the presence of God. There were people that were in the presence of God that did not change. Just because you come to church and you worship, and we had an amazing time of worship this morning, 
and you can sit there and you go, wow, that was awesome. But you know what? Unless you do something about it, it will not necessarily change you. Well, I go to church. I've gone to church for 49 years, 50 years. I've gone to church my whole life. But you know what? Unless I do what God's word says, and unless I push in, and unless I pursue after that, I will not change. And yet we sometimes think, well, it's just God's presence. No, it's more than God's presence. It's getting into the presence. It's knowing God. It's not just knowing God. It's knowing God. My children know me. They know the tone of my voice. They know when I just look at something if I'm pleased. And parents, you, you know that. Have you ever given your child the evil eye, as they say? The stare, stare down? You, you, don't, you don't even have to say a word. You can just... And the child just, oh, off limits. Why? Because the child doesn't just know you. They know you. There's something about being in God's presence that is powerful, but it's when you know him. When you, understand, when you understand even the nuances of what God is saying or what he's doing, or you can sense the direction that he is pulling you, you can hear him in the small, still voice, and all of a sudden you understand and hear. That's what it's about. I would suggest to you we need to learn how to romance the Holy Spirit. Because it's through intimacy that we get to know the Father. It's through intimacy that we get to understand literally when he goes, hmm. It's through intimacy of the Holy Spirit and with God that we actually get to know when he goes, mm-mm. When he goes, mm-hmm. Because sometimes he doesn't speak. Sometimes all he does is he just, he nudges you. I want to show you some things about his presence and hungering after his presence. And Charlene this morning read from Psalm 16, and I want to just read that passage. Most of my verses this morning, I've got about six or seven verses one, two, three, four, five. I've got five. I may not get all to all of them, but most of them are in Psalms. So once you find Psalms, you should be okay to follow me the rest of the service. Psalm 16. And I'm going to read the whole ver- ver- chapter. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance And my cup, you support my lot. Think about these words. 
This is a psalm of David. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. This is how God wants you to see him and to understand him. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. There's some keys here. There's some keys here. I have set the Lord continually before me. If something gets between you and God, or something gets ahead of God, more important than God, of greater value than God, of more thought time than God. If you're thinking about other things more than you're thinking about God, you've got to rethink those thoughts. I'm serious. One of my personal convictions is um, I want to read this book more than I read any other book. That's one of my personal convictions. And I want to read other books. But I don't want just human knowledge. I want the Word of God. And if I can't read this book, I'm not going to read other books. I'm going to read this book first. This book takes preeminence in my life. In my thoughts. I've shared with a few young men. I will get into my vehicle... And I don't do it all the time or every time I'm in my vehicle, but I will do it every day. If I'm driving from my house to here, which takes approximately 11 minutes, I will turn off the radio and I will spend that time worshiping God and speaking in tongues the whole way. Because I don't always get time otherwise. Life is busy. So I will spend at least one trip. And what I found myself lately doing is doing it more than that. Team 1040 takes second chance, second place. The Canucks, well, they're dropping in the standings. God's kind of getting higher in the standings. <laughs> Literally and spiritually. I will set the Lord continually. Continually. Well, what about this? Where's God? I've, I, I spent the first few weeks of this year talking about setting goals and priorities, and what is the number one thing that I said every Sunday when I talked about goals and priorities and routine? God. Where's God? Make sure God is in every single one of your goals. You say, well, I just want to lose weight. Talk to God about it. Does he care about that? Yeah, he does. It says, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is concerned about, he's concerned about your finances. It says he has the power to give you wealth. I may have said that wrong, but in Deuteronomy it says that he has, or he has given you the power to make wealth. God is interested in the prosperity of his kids. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, 
I will not be shaken. Hmm. When you set the Lord continually before you, and because he's at your right hand, you can take this verse and you can say, I will not be shaken. Well, what if I lose my job? I will not be shaken. Well, what if this happens? I will not be shaken. Sometimes we just got to get a little stupid and just say, I'm going to just take the word of God and take, forget everything else. We try to get so smart and figure everything out. I will set the Lord continually before my face. I mean, let's keep it simple. Stunenberg. That's the KISS principle. Keep it simple, Stunenberg. I learned that computer programming, but I also learned it in my spiritual life. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, therefore, because of that, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. Do you know that God wants you to smile? God wants you to laugh. I mean, that's why I'm here sometimes. He gives me these amazing jokes so you can laugh. And whether you're laughing at the joke or laughing at me, I don't care. But God wants you to laugh. He wants you to have fun. This place should be the happiest place on earth, not Disneyland. It should be the house of God. I love seeing children in the house of God. I love seeing them run around. I have no problem when the parent picks them up when they're crying and they're competing with me. I have no problem with that. I love seeing children running in that gym every Sunday morning. We are blessed to have that facility that they can do that. I love seeing children beat their parents to the front door of the house of God. And they run into your shins and they don't care about you. They just want to get and have fun. Why? Because they have associated the house of God that is a place of fun. And that is not bad. That is good. God is not a cosmic killjoy. I have met many believers. Have have you ever played that game at, at Castle Fun Park? You know, whack-a-mole where the thing comes up out of the the hole and then you go, wow. I mean, it's a lot of fun as the person playing. But sometimes we think the moment my head gets above the water, I must be doing something wrong. I'm just waiting for God to smack me down. Come on. anybody. I've had conversations with people. I must be doing something too good. Because I'm having too much fun. And I'm just waiting for myself to be put back in place. I've had conversations. Enjoy the goodness of God. Enjoy his pleasures. Enjoy his presence. No, no, no. If I get too happy, what's going to happen? You're going to smile? You're going to laugh? You actually might, like, like, Sheila's, you're here this week. This Friday, you celebrated one year of a new kidney. Stand up. 
And, and not, oh, yeah, if you can hold the little one too. I want to give God a shout out. This is a healing. This is a miracle. Hallelujah. And, and she gets to enjoy their brand new granddaughter, Olivia Joy. That is a blessing of God. Look around at people, Sheila. Do you see her smiling? Like, like that's okay. Keep it up. Well, no, no, she, no. Smile. Boy, you just like standing up there, Sheila. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to celebrate the good things God has done. He's a good God. I'm getting to the presence of God. What I'm trying to do is paint for you a picture of what God's like. So that when you leave here, you will have an insatiable appetite that I just want to be where my Father is. Because where He is, is where it's at. He's happening. He's cool. He's on point. He's where things are at. The passing of the child has begun. <laughs> Hallelujah. My heart is glad. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell. God is, he's interested in not just your spirit, he's interested in your whole being. If he was just interested in your spirit, you'd get saved and then he'd say, come on home and he'd hire somebody to knock you out to take you home. But while you're living here, breathing and taking up the Holy Spirit in your breath, you might as well recognize he's got some good stuff for you and why not enjoy his presence? My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to, to undergo decay. You will make known to me, and this is the passage that, that Charlene had gone to this morning, and this is where I want to spend a few more minutes. You will make known to me the path of your life, the path of life. And in your presence, hmm, in your presence is a shortage of joy. Is that what it says? In your presence is fullness. Fullness. Look at somebody and say fullness. Say that's what's in God's presence. That's what's in God's presence. In God's presence there is fullness of joy. God's presence is fullness of joy. I believe God wants you to be the happiest person on your block. I believe God wants you to feel happy things. We've sometimes put the emotion aside and said, no, we no, God does no have no problem with emotion. It says in heaven, the angels rejoice when one sinner repents 
and gives his life to Jesus. There's a party in heaven. It says that Jesus was known as the one with the greatest joy among his brothers. It says that in Psalms and it says that in Hebrews. He was anointed with the oil of sadness. No, thank you. Thank you. Somebody's listening. He was anointed with the oil of gladness. Can you imagine the kind of jokes he would have? Can you imagine the, the amount of fun that he must have had? Can you imagine him looking and saying, oh, I'm going to play one on my disciples. I'm going to see if they have faith or not. Hey, guys, there's 5,000 people here. I want you to feed them. He says, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a blast. Then they come back and they say, well, all we've got is like two Happy Meals from McDonald's. And he goes, this is even going to be better. He says, give it out to them. He blesses it. And then he gives it out to him. Can you imagine how much fun that would be if we had 5,000 people and we had two Happy Meals, and if you want to get technical, make it five. I don't care, five or two. Five of them, and you take 5,000 people and you feed them. Come on. If he could do it then, do you think he can do it now? Somehow we've limited to just the pages on the book of the Bible and say, well, it can't. I believe it can happen today. The widow who had oil that never ran out. Anybody here have a supply that you need to keep going because financially you can't handle it? Amen. Grab it and say, if that oil will not run out because that woman is doing what the Word of God says, therefore, I will do what God's Word says. Expect, expect to go further. I expect to get better gas mileage than my pilot should get. That's what I believe. You call me crazy. I don't care. I'm enjoying it. Jesus had fun. He didn't go, we've only got five, five, five. We got 5,000. Huh? Oh, Lord. God. No, he said, give them something to eat. Let's have some fun. We're giving away 100 bikes this year. That scares the dickens out of me. Because I'm committed to it, and if that means I've got to buy 100 bikes, will God help me? I'll buy 100 bikes. We're going to give away 100 bikes to the kids in this community. And I'm expecting, I'm expecting that every one of us who puts into that pot to get bikes for kids is going to have more money left over than what they put in. Because when you sow into what God's got, he reaps a harvest. And every seed that falls into the ground produces, does not just produce one seed, it produces seeds. And there's another verse in the Bible that says, God gives seed to the sower. If you want to sow seed, ask him to give you some seed. Thank you, Katie. Amen. If you want to have seed to sow, it says in the Bible that God gives seed to the sower. 
So say, God, I want some seed. I want to bless something beyond my tithe, beyond what I can do. I want to give more. Do you think that God can do that? This is what happens when you get in his presence. When you snuggle up to your dad and you're in his presence, you know what? You get all of him. You get what he has. In his presence, in his presence is fullness, fullness of joy. I was wondering, I said, Holy Spirit, are we going to have like a laugh fest this morning? I wasn't sure. That would be good. Well, I don't have very many good jokes. Pastor Nelson had a good joke. He told me a good joke about the, 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 shoes, the shoe store. Do you have that joke handy, Pastor Nelson? Yeah. Why, why don't you, you ready to laugh? Okay. I got new soles put on my shoes. And this guy walked up to me. He says, did you hear about the f- shoe factory that burnt down? I said, no. He says, a thousand souls were lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, just, just let that one sink in for a minute. I tell jokes and sometimes it's five minutes later and all of a sudden my kids go, huh? God wants you to have fullness of joy. In his presence, this morning when we were worshiping, there was a powerful presence of God here. And he wants you, when you are in his presence, he wants you to experience the fullness of joy. With God, there is no shortage. Fullness has enough to supply. There is enough in God to supply for every single one of you. Is there anybody here? No, don't raise your hands here. This would... If you need joy, he's here this morning. If you need to put a smile on your face, he's here this morning. He's here. He is here this morning. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, God bless you, Melissa. I know you're working. It's okay. I know it wasn't anything I said. <laughs> Renee, I want you to just put your hands on, on Melissa and Lyndon. You guys are precious people. And just bless them. Just bless them. Lord, bless Melissa and Linda. Lord, that they would actually come to church even though they got a scheduled appointment this afternoon. And they'd say, we're going to be here as long as we can. Bless them, God. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray that you get some funny jokes, Melissa. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. In his presence. In his presence. Where do you find the fullness of joy? In his presence. We had an amazing time yesterday with the men. Um doing the men's breakfast, and then we watched a a video from Bill Johnson hosting his presence. 
And there was an amazing um, awe yesterday morning of understanding what it means to have His presence 24-7. We can come to church, and it's very easy to get, for lack of a better way of saying it, into the presence of God. I don't believe that in a theological position. In a theological position, His presence is with me all the time. But there's something about corporate gathering. There's something powerful that happens when we get together as family. But when you understand, when you walk out these doors and you get in your vehicle and you drive away, you still have God's presence with you. His presence isn't just from Sunday morning from 10.30 to whenever we finish. His presence is with you 24-7, 366 days of this year. I did the math. It's a leap year. He is with you every day, every moment of the year. And the key is to understand how to access or to how to make room for him, how to enjoy that presence because life can get so busy. Life can get so full. There have been times when I woke up and it's like I almost don't think I have time to have a shower. You need to learn how to take time to be with Holy Spirit, the presence of God. And when you understand that, and, and Pastor Bill Johnson was sharing, and he just had a very simple example. He just put a, a cloth on his shoulder, and he says, that's, if you could imagine, that's the dove. And how would you handle the Holy Spirit as a dove or a bird perched on your shoulder? Would you run around, or would you be very gentle, hosting, recognizing, spending time with him in a spiritual mindset? In his presence is fullness. <laughs> if you need fullness right now, if you need fullness right now, if you say, I don't have fullness right now, just raise your hands and receive. Just receive. It's real simple. If you need some fullness, if you think your tank is running on lower than full, now is a good time to fill her up. Hallelujah. There's an old saying. <laughs> Pastor Nelson and Sister Louise and some of the others that have been in churches for longer than I've been alive, there's, a, there's an old saying, you you got to get in the glory. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. All right? I see Sister Sharon, you're laughing and shaking your head. But sometimes you gotta, you got to know where to, his glory, his presence. And when you understand that it's all the time and all around you and it's accessible the whole time, it's a matter, you know, take a moment. Take a moment. Sitting at a red light. Just say, God, fill this place. One of the men yesterday mentioned how he was looking for a washer in his storage room or in his garage or somewhere, and he was looking for a washer, and he says, and all of a sudden he just felt. Whew. 
he says, it just about drove him to his knees. The presence of God, the, the glory, the, the, the beauty of his holiness, the presence of God is fullness of joy, and you can experience it even when you're walking through them all. You say, well, no, I need to wait till I'm in church. I need to wait till I actually turn on the music of worship music. No, you can celebrate and you can host him any moment of the day. You can say, Lord, thank you. And I would suggest to you in those moments when he comes are the most practical, most powerful, and most meaningful moments, and they are not time wasted. They are time well spent. I want you to have a hunger. Oh, David in the Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 42, he says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul. He doesn't say so my spirit. My soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions hunger after God. They drive me just like the deer has to get to the water and drink. So do I. I have to get to where my Savior is and be in his presence and dwell with him. And it's as desperate as the deer coming for water. So am I so desperate to know and to be and to experience and to host him. And it's not just coming Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we should have an amazing celebration like we did today of his presence and just the joy of seeing family, hugging someone and saying, God's going to bless you today. God's going to be with you today. Yeah, there's struggles in life, but there's also someone called the Holy Spirit. Well, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does supersede anything else that happens in my life. The presence of God is more important to me than what happens at the end of the month or the middle of the month or 10th of the month or the 16th. His presence is important to me 24-7. I cannot live without his presence. The very air that I breathe is the breath of life that the Holy Spirit breathed. I need him even more than the breath that I Because what good is my breath if he's not here with me? Hunger, hunger. You make known to me. I love this because when you're in God's presence, not only do you get his presence, but you get his principles. You'll make known to me the path of life. God will give you wisdom and instruction and direction that will beat any counselor you could ever get. And in one moment, standing in his presence, sitting in his presence, sitting at a stop sign, in one moment, God can give you the key that will unlock the rest of your day because he makes you know the path of life. Pastor Daniel shared the the Holy Spirit is here to guide you, to lead you, to direct you. He is super, super, super Smart. He's uber smart. He's smarter than Einstein. He's smarter than the greatest, smartest man alive today. The smartness of man is like this compared to the smartness of the Holy Spirit. And one moment, 
one moment in his presence, recognizing him, he can give you a key. He can give you a thought that would break open a case. He can give you the insight that will streamline a project. He can give you the words to say to the boss when they want something. He can give you the best way to do a sales pitch. He can give you the wisdom. He can give you entrepreneurial ideas because he's smart. And and he actually knows what's coming up. So when he directs you, he directs you looking forward. He doesn't direct you looking backwards. He looks going forward and say, this will direct your steps. We have an unfair advantage. And I'm glad. It's God. It's the presence of God. We need to learn how to use that advantage. He'll make known to you the paths of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And he doesn't stop there, but he goes, and then in your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God wants you to have fun today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even next Sunday. And then he'll say, let's keep it going. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't have a lot of jokes to tell you this morning. But maybe laugh, think about one right now. Just start laughing. Oh, that's funny. In the presence of God, there's joy. In the presence of God, there's joy. There's joy. Have you ever tried to laugh just to laugh? (laughs) (laughs) After a while, you just start laughing. Joy is contagious. In his presence, in his presence, he wants to give you an emotion. He was ahead of the emojis. He's the one that gives emotions. Don't be afraid of the emotions that God gives you. Have fun. Have fun. Do something crazy in his presence. I was watching a a revival that's going on right now, and one of the guys that's running and is part of that revival got up to speak, and he says, this was happening. He says, and I just, me and my wife, he says, we just stood there, and we said, and they had a child, and they said, this is what I want to see happening over my child. And he says, and he says, and I'm just learning how when God moves, I'm just learning how to ask him for things that I just didn't think I could ask for before. He says, and we're just going to find out. Ask God. My, my, my dad's here today. You know, I asked some ridiculous things of my dad. Why? Why not? Why not? Why not? The worst thing he could say was, no. And that was not very often. The best thing he could say was, yes. The next best was, yes, now get to work. But ask your father 
Say, Lord, I'm not 100%. I'm new at this. I, I, I'm experiencing your presence, and I'm going in to see a CEO. And God, I, I've never been in this place before, but I'm going to just... I'm just going to speak to you right now and say, God, give me wisdom. And then when you sit down with the CEO, before you open your mouth, open your heart, and then say, hmm, I believe this. And God will give you words. He says in the Bible that he will give you words to fill your mouth. There's, there's a pleasure when you get everything right, it's fun. Huh? When, when God gives you wisdom and when he blesses you and when he gives you prosperity, there's, it says that when he blesses you, he doesn't add sorrow with it. In his presence is fullness of joy. And his right hand are pleasures, pleasures. That word presence, by the way, means it gives the implication of face to face, not distance. It means face to face. When you're in somebody's presence and you're face to face, you're right there. It's not being at the other end of the parking lot. It's being right there. When you're in the presence of God, you are standing face to face. You are standing face to face with God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what your family would be like if we understood this fully? You say, well, I do. Great. I'm learning still. But can you imagine what it'd be like in your neighborhood if people started to recognize, you know what? <laughs> There's something different in a good way with that family, the Stunenbergs. You know, he tells funny jokes, but he's a real guy. You know, his wife is amazing. He's got beautiful kids. And every time I'm around them, I just feel better. And, and you know, they, they just seem to have this thought that, that it's going to be okay. And, and I love how they can smile. And even though I'm having a rough day, they can just encourage me. And they just, even there's just, just the wave. They look at me and they just smile. Imagine smiling at your neighbor. And all of a sudden, hosting his presence takes on your neighbor. A healing. In his presence, there's healing. I believe we have worship services and people will be healed right in the seats where you're at. And God's going to pour out. And all of a sudden, somebody's going to walk home and they're going to realize, you know, I don't have those aches anymore. I don't have that pain anymore. And they're going to figure out, 
It was in the presence. It was in worship. It was when we were together. And that's something that you will take with you on your job site, sitting in your cubicle at work. Your cubicle is going to be different than the other 75 beside you because God's with you. Why is it important to hunger after God? Because if you hunger after anything else, it will never satisfy. When you understand where your source is, you go back to it. When you understand what is the most important thing, you go back to it. Everybody has a favorite eating spot. Why? Because that's the best. They make the best grilled cheese sandwich. They make the best eggs benedict. They, why? Because they've, and they won't go anywhere else but to that place. When you understand the pleasure and the joy of hosting his presence, you're not going to go after any counterfeits. You're not going to chase after any temporary thing. You're going to follow hard after God, and you're going to say, no, it's you I need. I'm coming back to my first love. I'm coming back to the lover of my soul. I'm coming back to the one who only wants the best for me. And how do you develop that hunger? I'll give you three words. Pursue, pursue, pursue. Don't make it more difficult than it needs to be. Go after it. Never, ever be satisfied, but go after. Pursue. Ask and you'll receive. Knock or seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Pursue, pursue, pursue. God takes notice of people who are in pursuit. You look at his miracles, and there was only a few of them that were not involved pursuit. Most of them were people came to him and said, would you heal me? Or the lady pressing through the crowd. Or the other person hearing that God was, Jesus was there climbing into a tree. They were pursuing. They were going after. Why that person and not the other people around? Because God recognizes something about pursuit. Go after don't just stand where everybody else is, but jump out of the boat. Say, God bid me to come. And he says, come, then go. Pursue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want the music to play for a moment. And if you need, and, and the amazing thing is God can meet a variety of needs. He can just meet, he, he can meet every single one of your needs right now. So if you need something from God, if you need something, I'm going to tell you right now is a good time. So just, just receive. Just, just close your eyes. I would recommend you lift your hands up because that's a, an act of worship. And just let his presence fall.
in his presence is fullness of joy. <laughs> oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Mm. I see a waterfall and I see it cascading. I see it cascading. Praise you, Jesus. Mm. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, now's a good time. And in the Bible, it says, what must we do in these, to be saved? He just said, repent and be baptized. Change your direction. Change your thinking. Surrender. If that's you, if there's anybody here that wants to rededicate their life to Christ or wants to accept him right now as your Lord and Savior, says, call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. So Lord, I just speak and pray. If there's anyone here that says, God, I need to rededicate my life. Lord, I need to surrender my life to you. Lord, I thank you that when we do that, you wash away our sins and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. This week, take time. Take time that you wouldn't have taken before and just say, God, here I am. And let his presence touch you. Let his presence infiltrate. Let his presence give you joy. Amen.